Thank you for tuning in to our North Point Community Church podcast. Wherever you are in your faith journey, we pray that as you listen to this message, you will be encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at ncc.team. Um, and we're going to go right into the fundamental of uh, Bible, Bible reading. And I just want to share some things with you about the Bible and the, the, important, the, the, uh, the importance that it plays in our lives and, and what, the, what the Bible really is. Uh, the Bible is a compilation of, of books that, that tell the story of God and tell the story of his people. I, I forgot to ask, do we have the, the graphic of the, no, we don't, we did away with that, it died. Man, y'all killed that on purpose. I loved it so much. Lord, let your will be done, not my will, Okay. All right, now you're not going to get to see the Bible graphic, the overview of the Bible. Uh, I mean, I showed it every Wednesday for an entire year. (laughs) If you missed it, you missed it. Uh, But I was going to show it again. I was resurrecting it from the dead for the glory of God. But it's dead. Uh, It's not going to be resurrected today. Uh, So here's what the Bible is. The Bible is 66 books. It's written by uh, people argue between 36 and 40 authors, depending on who you believe wrote some of the books of the Bible. But here's the cool thing. It was written by 40 people, but how many understand it was inspired by one God? 66 books written by 40 different authors, but they were all inspired by one God. That's why you can read it through, and it is such a beautiful thing because it was really written by one author, the author and the finisher of our faith. It was written by God himself. And this is a a few of the scriptures um, uh, that teach us about the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us what is right. So we see here that all scripture is inspired by God and it is useful to us. Old Testament scripture, New Testament scripture. Things that Jesus taught us, things that Jeremiah taught us. Okay, it is all useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. I love what Pastor Clarissa said. I'm going to even be talking a little bit more about it on on Sunday as we talk about unsubscribe, Uh, but that, that the conviction of the Holy Spirit is there to push us forward, to take us into the new life. The conviction comes to, to move us forward into everything that God has. Everything God has, condemnation comes to hold us back to pull us back, to keep us looking back. But it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God that reveals to us what is wrong. Why? So that we can fix it and become who He really wants us to be. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the Word of God is living and active and full of power. This is the amplified version, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit. Basically, it's talking about the completeness of a person and of both joints and marrow to the very deepest parts of our nature. So it's saying the Word of God 
penetrates the completeness of a person. It gets down into the deepest part of our nature to do what? Exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God is so powerful that there is no do not enter sign that it obeys. You can put up whatever, whatever sign you want to say, do not enter, this is my, this is my uh, side of my heart. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will penetrate that. The Word of God will get into every part of your nature. That is the power of the Word, and it exposes and judges our very thoughts and the intentions of our Heart, And this is the cool thing about the Bible is that the Bible never changes, but the Bible changes us. Okay, The Bible never changes, but the Bible changes us, which changes what you see every time you read it. Because you're reading the Bible with a new perspective. And you're reading the Bible with... With, with fresh faith. That, that's how you can read a verse. Have you ever done that before? Like you've read a verse that like you've read 10 times, 100 times, and it's like every time you read that verse or every time you read that book of the Bible, it's like you have never, ever read it before because it's true. You actually never have read it before because you have never been who you are in that moment because what you have been reading before that has been so changing you and so transforming you and you were becoming a new person, and you were thinking new thoughts, and you have new attitudes, whenever I get back into Philippians chapter 4, for the 14th time, I'm reading it as a brand new person, and it's speaking to me on a level that I have never been at in my life. That's how we read it. We say, man, I've never seen that before. Yeah, because God fixed your eyes over the last 10 months. So you're seeing something brand new. Because the Word of God has been teaching you. The Word of God has been correcting you. The Word of God has been molding you. The Word of God has been getting into the very core of your being. And it's been exposing and judging your ways of thinking and your desires. And so when you get back into the book and you read something that you read in 2017, in 2018, it is shouting something brand new to you because you've never seen it, because you've never been the you that you are in that moment. Because the Word of God is changing you. That's what the Word of God does. The Word of God changes you. That's why the enemy wants you out of the Word. Because the Word changes you. So let me just give you a, a, a real quick acrostic for change. Because I know we're getting hungry and you think, man, that, that, that's, like, that, that's like seven letters. I mean, like, we, okay, I, I, how fast is he going to go? I, I just have, I just have two, two scriptures for each one, and I, I want you to take it down, and, and, and you can write it, and it's, it's going to be quick, I promise. The Word of God changes us. What does it do? The, the C is for challenges us. It's what the Word does. The Word challenges us, okay? Destiny talked about it la last night, but in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High God, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. <laughs> if that don't challenge you, you ain't honest. <laughs> be, it's one thing he says, love, love your enemies because I can define love the way I kind of want to define it. 
Well, he didn't stop there. He said, love your enemies and then do good for them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Well, how, how many of you even lend to your friend or lend to your cousin without expecting something back? And Jesus says, you need to lend to your enemy and don't expect to be repaid. Why? Because then your reward will be very great. Come on, if you lend to your friends, your reward might be great, but if, but if you lend to your enemies, it's very great. I don't just want a great reward. I want a very great reward. So that means I'm going to have to love my enemies and give to them without expecting anything in return. He says, why? So that you can be like God because that's exactly who God is. That's what it says. For he's kind to those who are unthankful. He sends rain to the farmer that never says thank you to him doesn't even believe he exists. It, it, says, it says he is kind to those who are even wicked. That they, they don't just not give him thanks, but they're actually participating in bad things. And God is still kind to them. And he says, so whenever you lend to your enemy and you don't spec, expect anything in return, the reason that your reward is going to be great is because you're most like God in that moment because that's who God is. That'll challenge you to your very core. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Come on, where's that scripture that says, you know, you are for me, nothing's against me, right? Where, I mean, where is that scripture? All things are working together for the good of those that love the Lord. Oh, but then I get to 1 Peter and he says, oh, no, you need to be holy because the God who called you is holy. You, you, need, to, you need to be obedient in everything you do. And don't slip back into those old, those old things. Don't, 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 don't go back to who you used to be, thinking the way you used to think. No, you, you got to be holy, and you can choose to be holy in everything that you do. You see, whenever you get into the Word, it's going to challenge you. But what, but what I say a lot is that before it changes you, it challenges you. And, and if you ever don't read your Bible, and sometimes you just want to throw your Bible across the room, you just want to put your Bible down and just say, man, I know I did not read that because I'm so far from that. If it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. And sometimes it's the challenge that pushes you to the change because I read it, and it challenges me, and it seems impossible to me. But then I start thinking, I say, wait a minute, God wouldn't put it in the book if it, wouldn't, if it wasn't possible. So it is possible for me to love my enemy. It's possible for me to live holy. And if it's possible, then I'm going to go after it with everything that is in me. And it's the challenge that begins to change me. Here's what the Word of God does. The H stands for heals. The Word of God heals. The Bible says in Proverbs verse 20, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. That this, this, this is what God has said. This is his word to you. It is right here. Listen carefully, says verse 22. For my words, they, they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The word of God brings healing to your 
whole body. It'll bring healing to your physical body. It'll bring healing to your emotional body. It'll bring healing to your mental body. It'll bring healing into your spiritual body. The Word of God will bring healing into the whole body. Everything that makes you, you can be healed by the Word of God. And the enemy never wants you to get into the Word because he never wants you to get healed and he never wants you to be whole. He wants you to hang on to that scar of the past. He wants you to hang on to that wound. He wants you to hang on that thing for the past because if it ever gets healed and you ever get whole, now you become a force to be reckoned with in the future. So he keeps you out of the word because he knows it'll be the word that'll heal that thing on the inside of you. Let's move on to the A. The A stands for anchors. It anchors. It's what the word of God does. The word of God is your anchor. It anchors you. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It says this hope, this hope that we have. Where is this hope written? This hope is written in the Word of God. And when you read about the hope in the Word, the hope that is in the Word becomes the anchor for your souls because God has made promises to you. And it's talking here about when He made a promise to Abraham and He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and you're going to have a son and your descendants are going to be great and I'm going to, I'm going to put your people all over the earth. That's what he promised Abraham. He made a promise to him, but then he had to swear on it by an oath. And since there is no more powerful name than his name, he swore the oath by himself. So what he's saying in the text is you have the promise of God and you have the oath of God. He has made an oath with himself to keep the promise that he has made to you. So you know this hope, this word, it is an anchor for your soul. The word of God will anchor you in the worst of storms. The Word of God will anchor you in the most difficult seasons of your life. The Word of God will be your anchor. It will hold you steadfast and steady. Proverbs 10 verse 25 says, When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. When the storms come, and it takes the wicked away, but the godly will not be moved, and they will not be shaken, and they will not be afraid, and they will not quit. Why? Because they are on a firm, solid, strong foundation. That foundation is the Word of God because I know what He has said, and I know who He is, and if I know what He said, and I know who He is, then I know He will never leave me, and He will never forsake me, and I can stand firmly planted on that promise, and he made an oath on himself to keep that promise. And so I am anchored in this situation no matter what is happening around me. The word is an anchor. Oh, the enemy doesn't want, the enemy doesn't want, the enemy wants you to be the ship that is taken off course. He doesn't want you to drop that anchor of the word in your life because he's trying to get you off the path. He's trying to remove you from that, from that place of, of, of 
of expansion. He's trying to get you into distraction. He's trying to pull you over here. But you see, sometimes when the storms of life begin to blow, we just drop our anchor and we know what we know. And he has proven himself. He is tried and true from Genesis to Revelation. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I am anchored in that and I will not be moved. Because the word is my anchor. Here at the end, the end is for nourishes. The word of God nourishes. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. It says, but they who delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. That, that's delighting in, in the word of God. Meditate, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in every season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. When you always find yourself planted in the Word of God, when you read the Word and you meditate upon the Word, you will find yourself being fruitful in every season. The leaf of your life, it will not wither, and whatever you do will prosper. Why? Because you are in the Word, and the stream of the life that is in the Word is nourishing your soul and nourishing your mind and nourishing everything that is in you. Is there any coincidence why the enemy tries to do everything he can to keep you out of the Word because he doesn't want you to be fruitful, and he wants the leaf on your tree to wither, and he never wants you to prosper. And he knows that when you plant yourself in the word, the, the guarantee is already there. You are going to prosper and you are going to thrive and you are going to flourish because you will be nourished by the spirit of God itself. Word of God, the, the, the enemy doesn't want that. So the word of God will always, always nourish us. It'll always nourish us. Move on to G. G guides the word of God. What does it do? It guides us. It guides us. It guides us. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 17. Here uh, Solomon is talking about wisdom when it says she, meaning wisdom. Wisdom will guide you down delightful paths, and all her ways are satisfying. Okay, the wisdom of God. Where is the wisdom of God found? The wisdom of God is found in the word of God. This is God's wisdom, whether it's in a story, whether it's in a parable that Jesus told, whether it is in an epistle that one of the apostles wrote. Okay, no matter where it is, it was put in the Word to help guide you because the wisdom from this book will guide you down. What does it say? It will guide you down delightful paths, and it will satisfy you. It will lead you the right way, and it will always satisfy. I love what Psalm 119 verse 11 says. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Think about that for a moment. I have, I have read your word, God. I have put your word, and I have stored it on the inside of me, okay, so that I will not sin against you because there will come a temptation over the course of the day. And if I don't have anything to fight off that temptation, I will give in to the temptation that is in front of me. But if I hide the word in my heart, 
I will have a defense for every lie that the enemy tries to tell me, every assignment that the enemy sends against me. I will have something to fight it because I have hid the word in my heart. And because I have hid his word in my heart, I'm doing it so that I will not sin against him. I'm not doing it so that I can, I can brag about how many scriptures I know and I can talk about all my, uh, my theology expertise. That's not what I'm doing. I am doing this so that I will not sin against him. I am doing this so that his word will guide me through the course of my life so that I will be able to say no to what I need to say no to, say yes to what I need to say yes to, so that I can navigate and guide through life so that I can end up where I need to end up and be who I need to be so I can do what he has called me to do. And the only way I get there is if I let his word guide me there. His word is a guide. Of course the enemy doesn't want you in the word. He doesn't want you to be guided. Okay, Here, here's the E. The E is for in, encourages. It's what the scriptures do. The, the scriptures encourage us. The word of God encourages us. John 16, 33. Clarissa even mentioned this in, in, in her talk. Jesus said, hey, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Here on this earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. One of the most encouraging scriptures in the entire Bible. You have to be encouraged whenever Jesus says, I've told you this so that you will have peace. And don't worry, I have already overcome the world. The scriptures encourage you. The scriptures encourage you. Let's move on to the S. The S is for separates. What does the word of God do? The word of God separates. The Word of God separates. <laughs> and now many times what we think is we think, well, the Word of God separates me from the people of the world. No, wait a minute. It separates you from the spirit of the world, but the Word of God really takes you to the people of the world. Okay, this is where we've missed it so many times because we, we want to get into the world so that we can be separated from the world. You want to separate from the spirit of the world. You want to separate from the mentality of the world. You want to separate from the behavior and the addictions of the world and the perspective of the world. But let me tell you, the more you get into this book, the more you will be attracted to the people of the world because they need the truth that you have found in the book. So make sure you get your separation right. You're not trying to hide from people that don't believe like you. You're not trying to separate yourself from the people that don't talk like you talk. And no, you're not trying to separate. No, you know, it's not just you're trying to separate from the spirit. You're trying to also, you're trying to separate you from you. Because <laughs> the you I used to be needs the word so that I can separate myself from who I used to be. I love Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, as Paul is writing here to the church at Ephesus, and he's saying, hey, you got to put on the full armor of God so you can come against the strategies of the devil. And he says this in verse 17, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. When you look through all of the, the pieces of the armor, there, there's, only one, there's only one weapon. He, he didn't say anything about a, a bow and arrow. He didn't say anything about a slingshot. He didn't say anything about a knife. He, he gave you one, one weapon to fight with, and it's a sword. And he said that sword is the word of God. That is your weapon to do warfare against 
the enemy. And it is with that sword that you begin to separate. Do you see this right now? There are things that are attached to you from your past. But when I take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and there is this sin that has attached itself to me, and I've been carrying around that guilt, that shame, that condemnation, I take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and I say, now there is no more condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Boom! And I cut that tie from my past. And people say, oh, well, you know, your dad was an addict, your grandfather was an addict, it's going to be in your future, it's going to catch up with you sooner or later, and I take the Word of God that says, wait a minute, no, things are turned around now. I don't just belong to my family of origin, I've got a family of choice, and I have been born again into a different family, and I have a different father, and he says he has given me a weapon, and I take that sword, which is the Word, the truth of the Word, and I turn around and I cut that curse that's been on my generation. I cut that off, and I say, I'm not living with that anymore in my past. And there's all kinds of things that we have behind us and we have the word of God that will chop every one of those things off of us. Not only will it do that, then it's clear to say you take that machete, you just work your way on through the jungle. Come on, you just work your way on through with the word of God. So, so we see what the word does for us. We see what the word does. The word challenges us. The word heals us. The word anchors us. We see what the word of God does, that the word nourishes us and the word guides us and it encourages us and it separates us. We see what the word does. So now we understand why the enemy wants to keep us out of the word so much. Let me give you five reasons why we don't read the Bible and we're going to be done. Number one is this. First reason we don't read the Bible is we don't know what to read. We don't know what to read. And not only do we not know really what to read, like we look at the book and we're like, there's no way I'll ever finish this in my lifetime. I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a big book. I mean, I, I'm just looking here in, in, in my Bible and I'm mean, into the book's like 1,200 pages. I think, man, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of reading. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to finish it. And where, where would I even start? And so because we don't know where to start, we don't start. We don't start reading the Bible. Uh, but I can say this, hey, if, you, if you're not really into the journey, if you've never really read through the Bible before, uh, let me just encourage you, uh, start in the New Testament. Start in the New Testament. Start in the Gospels. Whether you start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, whatever, start in the gospel. These are the stories of Jesus. They are, they are the things that will make the most sense to anybody because we have fallen in love with Jesus. These are the stories of Jesus. So these are going to minister to us more than anything else in the beginning. Okay, what else can you do to help? You can get a Bible reading plan. Okay, you, you can go, uh, if you have Uversion, if, if you have that app on your phone, you can go to Uversion. They have all kinds of reading plans. You can go to Google and type in Bible reading plans. There'll be so many for you to choose from, but they will have Bible reading plans that say, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, like Bible reading for dummies. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, that's for me right there. You know, New Testament in 100 days or whatever it is, just so you know what it is that you need to read during this time so that you can start reading. But a Bible plan will help. Abiding, a Bible plan will help. But do you, do you know that everybody finishes the Bible the same, that everybody who finishes the Bible, they all started the same way? They started by reading the first chapter. <laughs> you have to read one word, one chapter before you can read the whole thing. So don't look at the book and go, wow, there's no way I'll ever be able to finish this. Just focus on the way that everybody finishes the book. They start with the first chapter. They start, just start reading the first, Matthew chapter one, start right there. 
Start reading the Bible. And if you start it, that's the only chance you have to finish it. Here's the second reason we don't read the Bible is we don't understand it. We don't know what to read. And then number two is we, we don't understand it. Okay, can I just tell you, it's going to take you a lifetime to understand it all? It's going to take you a lifetime. So get over it. Read through what you don't understand. Just keep on reading. Don't get frustrated and hung up on what you don't understand and names that you don't know and terminology. No, just read on through it. Just keep on reading. And this is one of the things that I would say. If, if, uh, uh, man, if, if you're really serious about understanding the Word of God, a study Bible is one of the best things that you can get. NIV study Bible, New Living Translation study Bible. A study Bible is so beneficial because whenever you're reading and you don't understand something, you go right down to the bottom and it tells you, oh, this is what these words mean or this is what this is, and it helps bring revelation and understanding to what you're reading. We read because we don't, we don't understand it. You know, the other thing you can do if it really bothers you and you're like, you have to know, just get on Google. Find out. Go to some credible sources. Find out what that really means. You can buy books on the subject or on the topic. There, there are resources out there that can help you understand. Here's the third reason we don't read the Bible. We don't know how to apply it. I read it. I don't really understand it, but I definitely don't know how to apply it. Now, let me just say this. Information without application always leads to frustration. So if you read the Bible and you get information, but you don't know how to put in to practice, you don't know the application, then you are only going to be frustrated. It will always lead to frustration. So here's what happens. When you say, I don't know how to apply it, remember who Jesus gave to you so that you could be led into all truth. He said, I'm going to send the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and he's going to lead you into all truth. So that's where you always want to start when you read something and you don't know, how does this apply to my life? You say, Holy Spirit, how does this apply to my life? God can bring revelation knowledge. But this is also why you need to be in a group. You need to be in a group. You need to be in one of our North Point groups, one of our NCC groups. Because when you're in a group, there are people that have knowledge that you are wishing for. There are people that have experience that you haven't had yet that you can glean from. You need to be in a group. You need to come to church. You need to listen to podcasts. You need to find a mentor. You need to submit to the process of understanding application. Because it's not just going to happen because you want it to happen. Here's the fourth reason that we don't read our Bible. We, don't, we do not want to feel like we're failing. We do not want to feel like we are failing. When you read the Scripture, the Scripture can reveal how far you are away from the goal. When you read the Scripture and you think, man, I have such a long way to go. And I don't read the Bible because I don't want to feel like I'm failing. Can I just tell you, when you read the Bible, don't read it as to say for who you are now. Read it through the perspective of who you can be in the future. Do what I was saying a moment ago. Whenever you read the text and it challenges you and it just, I mean, it almost makes you mad because it seems like it's so far out there and you feel so far back here, let it bring hope that one day you can be there. 
I don't, I don't feel like a failure when I read the Bible because this is my lifetime goal. This is my lifetime journey, and I'm becoming, and I'm growing, and I'm moving, and this is what I can be. So when I read it, I don't feel like a failure. When I read it, it is actually fuel for my future, pushing me in who I, who I can be in God. Here's the fifth reason why I don't read the Bible. I don't have time. I don't have time. If you're saying, I don't have time, can I just tell you what you're really saying? What you're really saying is, I don't want to. If you ever say, I just didn't have time to read my Bible today, what you're really saying is, I just didn't want to read my Bible today. I did not value the word as much as I did my time. I've said it myself. Ah, just didn't have time today. I just didn't have time today. And then one day, you know, one of those Holy Spirit moments, as Clarissa said, it'll just lock you up. Because we, we, we say it so common. I didn't have time to call this person back today. I didn't have time to do this. I didn't have time. And so it just gets in our vocabulary. It gets in our mentality. It just gets in the, I'm just so busy, I don't have time. And I just said, I, I, don't have, I, I, I didn't have time to read my Bible today. And, and I, I, then I thought, well, wait a minute. But I, but I had time for Instagram. And I had time to read an article on the news. And I had time for all that. So, so it's, not, it's not really true. That's not really accurate. It's not that I didn't have time. It's that I didn't value it enough. I didn't value it enough. Because I didn't value it enough, I didn't create the time. And so really, it really comes down to I really just didn't want to do it because I wasn't willing to, to exchange the value of what it was going to give me for my time. And so we, we don't read the Bible because we say I, I don't have time, but we know that that's not really true. We really do have time. We have 24 hours. To read a chapter of your Bible takes three minutes. On average, three, three and a half minutes to read a chapter of your Bible. I mean, that's, that, that's not that long. So what we're saying is, is saying, I, I just don't have time. It's saying I'm not putting the value that I really need to put on it. And so here's what I can tell you is the enemy will do anything he can do to keep you out of the word. He'll tell you that you don't have time, you're too busy right now. He, he'll, he'll tell you, ah, you don't really want to read that. Remember that last time you read it and you just felt so bad about yourself and everything? You don't want to really read that because it's just going to show you how messed up you are, how far you're away from the goal. You don't really want to go there today. I mean, you're already struggling enough as it is. Why are you going to pile on by reading the Word? You know, he's going to make it sound like it's bad, uh, but, but, but we already know what the Word does. The, the Word nourishes us and the Word encourages us. And it got, we've already talked about what the Word does. So the enemy comes in and lies to you about that. And he says, ah, why are you even going to read that? You don't even know where to start. Where, where, where are you, you just going to pick up the Bible and open somewhere? Man, what happens if you open to Leviticus chapter 17 and you're reading about, you know, killing chickens and, and how many eggs they have and you don't even know what's going on? Like you don't know anything about Leviticus 17. What if you don't know? Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. And, and then you, you know, remember last time you, you tried to read your Bible. Remember you didn't even understand it. Remember you closed the book. You said, man, I didn't understand anything. Don't know how to apply. The enemy will use anything that he can to keep you away from the Word of God because he knows at the end of the day, the Word of God will change you. 
you keep on pushing through what you don't understand and what you don't know how to apply, and I might not know where to start, but I'm going to start somewhere, and you just find your way all the way through it, and it, it might hurt to read it sometimes because I'm so far off, but I'm just going to keep on plowing through it because I believe that I can be somebody, and I, I know I don't have time because I got three kids at home, and I got all kinds of responsibilities at work, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and the laundry's piled up, but I will find time today to read the Word because I'm going to place so much value on what God can give me more than my own time and what I can give myself. I will find time to put the Word of God into my heart. Here's what I'll tell you this. If you, if you find a way to work it in, the Holy Spirit finds a way to work it out. But you got to work it in. You got to work it into your schedule. You got to work it into your priorities. You got to work it into your heart. It doesn't matter if you're driving down the road and you're listening to the word. You got somebody, you know, reading the Bible for you on your app. You know, James chapter one. You know, and it started, and it doesn't matter how it gets in, but you got to get the word of God in. And when you work it into your life, the Holy Spirit starts working things out in your life. Here at North Point Community Church, we believe in creating Christ-centered, culture-changing community through the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like more information, you can visit our website at ncc.team or follow us on any social media platform at CC North Point.